Amy Linden. I started this podcast for you because I am here to help empower you because you are enough. I am here to help you get to the next level in your career. And most of the times it has everything to do with what you think about yourself. I am a booking coach, celebrity booking coach, 54 plus network series regulars, an Emmy winner, an Imogen winner, and thousands of people working around the globe, all because of this technique that I created. I really want to help you. So I do believe that if you keep listening, you might pick up some gem that I am dropping down and it will change the course of your entire career. So I have with me today, Andy Rooney, the most amazing manager ever. And yeah, you know what's up. <laughs> yeah, and Andy, Andy's over at Midwest Talent Management, and we're going to shoot the shit about management because I was a manager for nine years, nine long years, but I learned so much about it, and I'm going to talk to Andy about management and about all kinds of things. So Andy, tell us, where are you from? From Chicago, originally. Grew up in Chicago back in a long time ago. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was good times back then, much better than now. But anyways, Chicago is cool. When did you come to LA? And, well, then I moved to DC. And then from DC, I moved to Pittsburgh. And then in Pittsburgh, I decided it was way too cold, and I can't, I can't handle this anymore. Uh, I'm gonna go to college in uh, Florida. And then I was in Florida. That was great, super awesome change compared to the weather up there. And then I transferred. I went to Savannah College of Art for photography. Wow, you know, you're really some artist. So you started out painting, but now you're doing this digital. Like you're a man of all trades. So talk to me about your artwork. Your artwork is amazing. So originally I went to, to college for um, illustration and painting and all that sort of stuff. I've been painting since I was like 12, mainly oil paints and all of that. But then, you know, everything started changing to digital and retouching and I was doing the photography. So I decided, oh, I'm going to take my painting and start it in digital and then spit it out and then continue it on traditional, you know, with oil paints and stuff to kind of cut, cut the chase. Like just, I can put so much more together and then make this crazy thing. Wow. Do you put oil on top of the digital once it's spit out? Uh, well I put it, yeah, it spit it out onto like canvas and then, and then continue it on, you know, I wanted to kind of incorporate the two worlds together kind of. What's your website, your um, art website? Well, there's, I have Exact Digital, and then I also have Imagine How to, the number two, C S E E dot com. So Imagine How to C dot com, and yeah. that's where the digital fine art is. Yeah, that, I need. And your photography is on ex, is Exact. I mean, Exact Digital is like my main thing. I have all my stuff everywhere on Exact Digital, so I've been doing that since 
you know, the nineties I've been shooting and why management. Yeah, I did all that. I was doing the digital, I was doing the photography and it was tra- changing and transforming. I was doing the printing, the, the whole deal. And I was just, I just kept meeting all these talent and all these actors and all these managers that, you know, and agents that I would literally print for and retouch for and meet all the time. I knew tons of them. So I, I decided maybe I can become the head, you know, the guy that everyone, the go-to, which I already kind of was, I was, you know, for headshots. I wanted more info. Like, I, I don't know, in my mind, I was thinking if I could just become an asset for these agents and managers and and cut the, you know, and, and save them the time knowing all this stuff and being an asset to them. I don't know. It's just in my mind, I was like, all right, I'm already kind of an asset. I'm already dropping off headshots and retouching and printing. So basically you're saying you had all this information that you were giving to them. And so now it was time to give it to yourself. I wanted to become an asset and become like, learn more, you know? Right, right. But how did you make the shift? So I started doing interning at with Midwest Town because I was uh, working with them constantly dropping stuff off. I knew them so well and I knew all these others, but I decided, you know, management's going to be better. It's more hands-on. It's more involved with the talent. I get to know more, more details. There's just like more stuff in my mind that I had to do that had to do with what I was already doing with photos. Well, it's, you know, it's interesting that you said hands-on, which is you work with your hands. Um, you talk about the depth of the picture. You talk about the depth of the actor, the details, getting to know the details of the actor. So yeah. it's it's all it's all inter interlaced with each other. So how did that element change? Um, what is it that you like about working with actors? So it it was a quite a different thing to do, but I always am trying to add more to the plate. Just just the way I am. Um, and I and like the depth, I just want to do more, you know. And you can never do enough. There's always something else that you can add that in, that goes full circle with what you're doing. I completely agree. I'm I'm like a a poster child for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm so always adding. Stuff. Like, look at this podcast. You know, I'm adding yeah. something. It's sort of like I, years ago I read this book called Acres of Diamonds. Uh And it said uh, the main gist of the book is that all of your riches are in your backyard. They're all around you. Yeah. You just need to take advantage of them. So, um, so that's what you basically what you're saying. And then you became a full fledged manager when I started doing management back in um, 2005. And I was interning for myself, I can't take like do this do that for too long you know like I'll absorb what I can and get the gist of it and learn how to do it and then I want to run with it you're not a soldier you're a captain yeah it's like trial and error and I just can't take being told what to do and and there's a way to tell people what to do or ask them what to do like that don't get me wrong Betty's amazing she's like I, I learned so much you know, no, 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 but it's very hard. I mean, I know it's very hard for me. I don't like working for someone. 
that's why I start many businesses because that's it's an entrepreneurial spirit. That's what that is. Yeah, exactly. And I was already working for myself with my photography and my digital right. and all that st stuff to stop and actually do a job and work with somebody when I hadn't been for a long time was very tough. It's a lot. Yeah. Okay, so how long were you interning before you broke off? So I interned probably like five to six months. Oh, that's great. That's what And then I was yeah. like, all right, I had enough. I'm going to yeah. do this and I'm going to manage my own people, like have a handful of my own people and still kind of learn and intern a little bit. When you had your own people, what did, because I know what I looked for when I was managing, but this interview was about you. When you meet somebody, use me as example, okay? So right. why did you want to manage me? Well, really, it's it's for me. I'm a big personality guy, you know, and and like nice and personality and go getter and like so many things play a big part for me as a manager. And I I always want to help everybody, but I have to like put that to the side and really put it to the side and not try to help everybody. And if I could, I would, and I would be screwed. I wouldn't have time for anything. But I really latch on to certain people. You know, it's a personality thing. I need to see the talent, obviously. I need to see the go-getting. I need to see that big picture, like end of the tunnel a little bit. Um, like, okay, I know this person is going to be able to do something. Obviously, I look for like different types, who's going to fit the roster, this sort of thing, right? But I don't overanalyze that part too much. I see color. Let's just put it that way. I see color. You know, that's me. I'm a color guy, right? So I don't care. Like tones and color is my thing, you know? So I don't care really what you look, look like. I'm more so, so like, what's your personality? What's your inner self? How are you going to do this? Are you nice? Are you go-getter? Are you problem? No problem. Like, am I going to be able to work with this person? I could really care less. Like, I mean, obviously different types and character and all that. I want to see that too. To make sure it fits with my roster, so don't get me wrong here. I can't take everybody on just because yeah. I bypass so what you, you look like. So you sign me because I'm colorful. You're colorful. You got personality. You got the go-getting. You're like fun, you know. Because I'm big on I have to have fun if I'm gonna work with somebody. I'm sorry, I can't be miserable and depressed and and tired and and, and I've done. That. You have to get to know them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some people that you'll sign that you never really get to know because they don't really open themselves up, which is, I think, a big problem that actors get intimidated by their own manager. I think the best thing that you could do is take your manager out to lunch, find out what your manager likes. It's like any relationship, really. Like, exactly. I know you like coffee, so I sent you coffee. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, like, thanks. Yeah, or, or like or big, big clothes. You like bigger clothes. You like really big clothes and beanies. You know, yeah. I know what you like. Yeah, it's good to befriend your manager because your manager is your best friend in your industry. He's your back office. He or she is your back office to your business. And so That's a great manager, way of putting it. A manager is your back office to your business. That's a great quote. Thank you. I, that's great yeah. because you can really see that because that it really is the back office because you're the front office. Right. And if you don't provide the office with the tools like computers and chairs and desks and all this stuff, 
and, and lookbooks and whatever you need to to show what you can do. If you can't present that and have it as tools and put it into your business, your back office has nothing, right? So yeah. now your back office is like, I signed on this great manager for my business and now I'm gonna go to lunch and I'm gonna go sleep and I'm gonna go do my stuff and let my manager take care of it. However, there's no tools, there's no desk, there's no computers, there's no nothing, and there's no communication. I'm big, big pet peeve on communication. And if I'm forgotten when you go on vacation or you forget about telling me about something or you're all about telling the agents and the other people all this stuff but you forget about the manager, that doesn't sit well with me at all. I think that it's really important to know that your manager is like you're married to them almost. You know, yeah, it's like your best like friend. come and go, really. And your manager should be your bestie. I mean, they that's what they should be because they personally manage your career. And so I know I know managers that have dumped clients because they went to Vegas and they thought, oh, I'm going to Vegas. It's only a couple of days. And then they get an audition and they're in Vegas. You know, yep. and they never told, they never booked out because they're like, oh, it's just a couple of days. And then they lied and said yeah. something else. And then, and then they found out and they dumped them. So, you know, I mean, why, like, how can you have that kind of relationship with your back office? Yeah, exactly. Do you, do you just leave your door, like your store open with the open sign and then you leave and you're not anywhere to be found and you just like, whatever. And I'll come back to a, a store that's not like ransacked and like, that's crazy. Nope. I actually talked to somebody the other day about, they were complaining about their agent. And I said, well, what I know of your packages is that you don't have your demo reel complete. You just shot new pictures and your resume, I just fixed because it looked like crap. And you're blaming your agent uh, for not getting you anything. Like that's insane. That's insane. Now, if if the agent had all the tools and maybe they're sending you out on the wrong age category, or maybe you know have that conversation, but but to not have the back office filled with supplies, that's insane. Since we're on this topic, I'll I'll go off on it a little bit because because a lot of people will instantly blame the reps, and they won't look at like their stuff. You know, so it could be like the photos. I'm big on photos for obvious reasons, right? But if I, I can like super over tear up your photos in a heartbeat if it's not good or, or if something's wrong because a lot of people will shoot headshots with different outfits and the same backgrounds and the same expressions. And it's like, what? all right, you got a cop outfit on with the same expression in every single shot. That's doing nothing for me. Photos is like a calling card for actors, right? So that's what's going to capture you and get you in the door, especially now being, you know, self-tape galore. Nobody can tell what you really look like. I mean, through Zoom and you got all these problems with Zoom and it doesn't possibly, you know, whatever the case, but they're going to see your personality in these headshots. They're going to see who you are and what you can do in front of a still camera rather than a video camera. So they're going to want to see this personality come out. Expressions is huge. They want to see the depth to these shots. They want to see good color and good skin tone and good everything, right? 
They want to see you. They don't want to see it overdone. They don't want to see it a completely different person. Then they also want to see like smile, no smile, but they want to see the in-between. They want to see the personality. So if you can do headshots and capture you in the headshots, but also capture characters and read a role, then you are not only doing yourself a service when being submitted, but also you're doing your team. I right? tell people about their photos all the time, um, and I say, uh, you know, when you take a photo session, it's very important not to take it. It's important to act it and make yeah. sure that you're clear on exactly the show that you're going for. And like, remember our photo session? I knew exactly what I was shooting. For yeah. what show it was, what they wore on the show, um, what their hair was like, what their makeup was like. Um, just everything about what your casting is, like who's got your job, you know? And and then, you know, I talk about the comprehensive package that your demo reel needs to match your, your photos, needs to match your resume, needs to match what you play you, you know? Yeah. Um, and so what do you think about these slate shots? So, uh, to me, I don't know. I, it's like a quick snippet of, hey, this is me, blah, blah, blah. Like literally quick. Honestly, I think slate shots suck. You know why? I think because they'll look at the slate shot and then decide whether or not they're going to go to the clip. And I yeah. think they're a barrier for the actor. My own opinion is I feel like it would be better to have like a quick snippet of the front of somebody's reel. But even still, I'd want like a 60 second or like one minute or like something that's like literally a snippet and it's like it leaves them hanging and now they have to go see the reel yeah because they're like ooh, wow but hi this is me in front of the background i just shot on what are you gonna do for seven seconds what i used to do with people i used to say like let's say you're playing i don't know let's say you're playing uh uh somebody that's uh uh, a drug addict so and let's say the picture looked like a drug addict so mm -hmm. i would do in seven seconds what i would say is hey uh you got any i'm amy linden and i used to say like uh, to create a character within mm -hmm. those seven seconds rather than hi i'm amy linden it's so stupid yeah no i, li I like the character real quick yeah, it's fun. It's yeah fun. something you know, or if you're a nurse, you say, look, uh, uh, we'll be with you in a second. If your son is doing well. Uh, just know I'm Amy Linden. You know, just yeah. do something. I think that's all we did when, when yeah. you were know, Yeah, but, but, um, but yeah, that, that's fun. And it has something going for it and shows personality. It's just yeah, try to do it. Try to do it at your photo session. Yeah. You know, and write your little seven second script if you have to do slate shots. If you, yeah. if everybody says, oh, it brings you to the top, blah, blah, blah. So if you have to do slate shots, do it when you're shooting and come up with like a little teeny sketch. Yeah, just do it on your cell phone and have them do it, you know, like real quick so you have it. And then improv, like whoever's shooting you should be able to improv. You should be able to connect with that person and have fun time and improv and carry the shoot, not just smile, no smile and click a shot. Because the person in front of the camera has no clue what's going on, yeah. you know? And if they're just standing there smiling, no smile, it's all posy, that does nothing. You should have, like, a, an improv session the whole time, a great time, and then yeah. the shoot's going to be amazing. And I then you can get the slate shots, little quick snippets, like you just said, which is excellent. That's, like, brilliant. Not, hi, this is me. 
you know, and it's yeah, like, no, yeah, it's okay, great, whatever. Read a little story. So talk to me a little bit about your um, pet peeves. Uh, give me a couple of things that bother you that your clients do that really incense you. Uh, really the, the communication part, you know, like bad communication, hard to get hold of, doesn't communicate, you know, like, like the communication part, if it's bad and it's just bad and it never gets better, that drives me nuts. I don't want to work with anyone at that point. I, I, I just can't stand it. Another thing is that last minute sending stuff in constantly at the, I got 10 minutes. Can we get an extension? This stuff's unacceptable to me. If I know about it the day that you get the audition and and you need an extra day or like you know you're going to need it at the end of the day or something, then we can ask for it. But I personally hate to ask a casting director 10 minutes before the things do because you, you know, somebody screwed up and they don't have enough time or they overslept or whatever the case is that day and they need an extension. The worst is when they need an extension all the time. So that to me is just like, all right, I'm done with this. Like I start everybody at 100% trust. I don't know you for Jack. I'm starting at 100% trust. And then I go down from there. And you got to work your ass off to come back up. That's how casting does it too. I talk to people about that. They yeah. start out with 100 and then they start chipping away at you, you know? Yeah. So late confirms. I got to go track people down. I got to do triple efforts to get things confirmed. When I've already sent it through, now I'm texting, now I'm sending emails, where are you at? And you're out at lunch or something. Don't care to click confirm and don't, you know, like this is just excess work that I don't need to do. Because it's not I've got fair. It's not fair because right. then you're going to think twice the next yeah. time that you submit them. And you know what? Busy people get things done. I mean, look yeah. at me I'm running how many companies. Aren't I one of the people that... Gets it in the uh, fastest. You knock it out in an hour or two. Yeah, done. it's crazy. It's crazy. No? But but it's because I'm like, it's a competition. Yeah. So if I can get it in earlier before everybody else. Then I'll set the bar, and you know, I they might have seen like 50 people. Maybe they're tired of looking at tapes. They're taken from the bottom of the bucket first because that's who landed in the bucket, right? So the person that lands in the bucket at the top, it don't matter because that little hole at the bottom is what's spitting out the ones that they're going to look at. The 5,000 others that are at the top that didn't get through the little hole at the bottom, they're screwed because they're not going to look at it. They're going to cap it with the cork and they're going to look at the 20 to 100 that came through at the, at, in the beginning. The people that can knock this, here's another thing too since we're on this subject. I have people that knock these things out, yourself included. They can knock them out and they can do it professionally, just as if they went to the audition in person. They're not, if somebody gets a self-tape, unfortunately, people have three, to, three days, two days, might even have a week or two weeks to do this one self-tape that's only a few lines. Sometimes it might be a little bit more extensive. But the bottom line is, now you have all this time to do this. So now people are doing it, nah, I don't like it. Do it again. I don't know. I'm going to put it aside. It's like a painting. I painted a picture. Now I'm going to put it aside. Now I'm going to come back. I'm going to change this. They have all this time and they take it and they take advantage of all that time. But in reality, if you knock it out and you knock it out professionally, you get it out the same day it came in. Casting, in my mind, is going to look at this and I've seen it because they're the ones that are booking. They're going to get the chance first. 
they're going to look at these tapes first because they're coming in. And then the second that they find the person that comes in first, they're going to kill that thing. Or they'll just let everyone else, you know, drop their stuff in there because they want to be considerate. But they've already chosen the person. They already have the people in their mind who they want because those are the people that did it the first day just like an audition. If you went to an in-person audition, you don't have a week. You don't keep coming back every day doing it again and again. You don't. You got redirection once or twice while you're in the room, and that's it. Boom. Now on to the next person. So if you can't do this the day of your audition, your self-tape, that's your, your day of, that's when you got it, and then say the next day unless it's due the next day, then you need to knock it out that first day that you got it. Say you got two two to three days. Okay, boom, you got an audition and you go in the next day. Treat it just like that. You got an audition, you go in the next day. It's not due for three days, but it doesn't matter. It's just like an audition. You need to knock it out sooner than later because at the bottom of the bucket is the people that are getting chosen first because there's a little hole at the bottom of the bucket, little audition pops through the hole, and they get a hundred and two hundred. They're not going to look at five thousand tapes. They're going to plug that hole, and that's it. Unless somebody special comes through, or gets pitched, or they know that person and they see it pop up, then they're going to say, "Okay, let's put this person out to the side and check that too." But that's very few. There's very special ones, right? And and that's that. I mean, that's how you got to treat it. And those are the people that are booking. Those are the people that are knocking these things out. And all the other people are sitting there going, I need an extension. I screwed up. I forgot to label my tape, even though you've told me 500 times. So now I look, I'm like, ugh. And then if I have to ask somebody, why didn't you not label this? And I get attitudes. Here I am, the bad guy again. It's not fair. Um, thank you for all of that. Yeah, sorry. I know, I know you could probably talk for 20 minutes about it. <laughs> But I think, I think, I know, I know, but I, I feel your frustration. I totally get that. What yeah. I have to throw in there, because I can't stand this crap, is when this last minute panic and then somebody has to text me their tape or send it to me and go, I can't get it uploaded. Can you send it for me? I got five minutes. Doesn't matter where the hell I am. I could be at the dentist, at the store. I could be asleep. Who knows? And boom, now it's my problem, not theirs, because they can't get they can't figure it out. All right, now I'm done. <laughs> you named all the reasons, all the one of the many reasons. Yeah. Like five million reasons why I'm not doing management anymore. But but, not, but you name most of them. It takes the patience of a saint, you know. But I mean, you're really great at what you do, Andy. Honestly, you know. Oh, thanks. Really hard. So we're almost ready to wrap up. I know there's like a million things to talk about, but. Where do you see your life? I mean, just say in general, not having to do with anything that we talked about, but where do you see your life, let's say in five years from now? In five years where my life is? I mean, I'm just always going for like everything I can. I would like to try to get as many series regulars as I can or like really stable, ongoing talent. You know, I'd like to, I've already, you know, I'm already doing what I can and building everything that I can build. Personally, I would, I would like to just be very stable and well off and comfortable and be able to travel and do what I want and have, you know, I have, a, we have assistants and people that help us so I'm able to do what I need to do and have a life somewhat, which is nice. But, you know, it'd be nice, you know, to be really comfortable 
and not stress so much and actually have a nice solid booking constantly group of talent under me well i think honestly it it, it is, there's a whole process to letting go of different people it's you know to to find the cream of the crop you have to let go of people and it's very hard i always found it very hard as a manager yeah. to let go of people because i oftentimes wanted it more for them than they wanted it for themselves and and that was one of my biggest struggles when i was doing it and and i think when everybody could get to a place where you could feel the cream of the crop within your stable of people um i think that's when it happens yeah i, I mean i have some have really some great good, people you've got some great people. i have some amazing people i have people that i've had since i started managing actually yeah. that you know and and it's like awesome you know that's gratitude there you know like to have that those people that long and 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 that's just keep on grinding you know and it's you know you're doing something right and then other people you know if it's not working out and it and just nothing's happening i you know it's better i let them go even though it hurts and it sucks but it, i just if it's not doing anything why stay you know like yeah i think i think one of my biggest mistakes was that i stayed places too long yeah. when it wasn't working out i think it's okay to part ways and yeah. because it's it's just the energy's not right and I'm always friends with everybody. I'm like, I would, in, in a good world, I would like to, if something's not working and nothing's happening and everything, I would still like to, you know, obviously if I could part ways with this person, they could go find a new home and start flourishing and doing stuff great. Then it just wasn't meant to be with me, but at least I'm still friends. I still knew that person. I still connected with them. It, it's no, nothing personal when I let go of somebody. However, a lot of people take it that way or they're, you know, they're upset that I did it. it. It's, again, nothing personal, but I just can't hold on to everybody because maybe there's somebody else out there that I need, that I should have. And then there's somebody else there that they should have, you know, even though now we're friends, we met, we're cool. You know, I'm always there. I can answer questions. I'm always there. No matter what, if you're down and out and depressed, even if I'm not your manager, it doesn't mean you can't reach out and say, hey, or, or ask a question or anything. I would still do that for anybody that I know and be yeah. there for them, even if they're going through struggles. Or well, I mean, you, you're a stand-up guy, though. I mean, you're a stand-up yeah. guy. That's part of being a stand-up guy. And that goes for anything. You know, if somebody's down and out and depressed and all that sort of stuff, and they need somebody and they know I'm that type of guy and I'm always around, I would definitely be that person for them, no matter if I'm managing them or not. Manage doesn't mean jack. That's just a business. But if I've already met you and I already know you and we had good times and we just weren't connecting and working out, and then sometimes I'll reconnect with people over a couple of years after letting them go and start working with them, they just kill it. They start, it, it just wasn't good timing. So burning bridges and letting people go, there's a fine line on that, you know, like you got to really, if you're going to burn a bridge with a rep or, or somebody in the industry, if you're going to burn that bridge, you might want to rethink how you're going to burn it. You don't need to burn it. You might just want to dissolve it in a nice, peaceful way, right? Because you don't know if in five years you might 
you might need that person again, or you might reconnect with that person again. They might go into casting. And yeah, then, and then, you have no idea. Yeah, I mean, I I know there's been situations where I, when I was in my 20s that I just did stupid things, and I burned something, and it turned out that that casting director on that thing that I burned ended up on something else, which was a massive network role, and they were they were part of the network. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> it was only it was only within two weeks too, so it came yeah. around pretty fast. Uh, yeah, fortunately, people are pretty cool after a while; they forget about I know, it. I know, but it was two weeks. So. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I love you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, no and, uh, do you have any parting words of wisdom for anybody? Just, I wish people would remember their reps and, and in a different sense than they're not doing anything for me. I wish they would think about what they do that's not paid on a daily basis and really rethink like that they're not doing anything for me part because they're not being paid until you get booked on something. And that's not really their choice. They're doing a lot of work regardless what you see and don't see, right? So you might want to like really step back and look at your full package of what you have and what you're providing your back office. And you might want to really think like, am I doing enough on my end for my reps, you know, before I part ways and blame everything on them, you know? Because great might, yeah, it might not be them. Yeah. It most likely, could be something i mean it could be them and they just completely lost interest and that's where you gotta figure it out right and if you have a manager and agents and you're solid with your manager who's supposed to be your best friend in your business right then you can like look at it and analyze it there's like a niche and niche in the business they yeah. should have therapy like therapists like um you know how they have couples therapy. They oh, should yeah. have like, like Counselor. counselors for, yeah. <laughs> for agents and uh, actors, you know, to see how yeah. they can get along and they have like sessions together. That would be really funny. Yeah, As like the marriage counselor. Yeah, like a marriage counselor and go, well, I, okay, you know, I, got, rep. I got him everything. And yeah. then the, the rep can say, they keep taking from me. You know, and they yeah. go back and forth. Uh, can you tell people how they could find you on social media? I'm on Instagram under exact digital photos. I use that mainly for everything. You know, I just post everything on there. It's it's my main one. And then I'm on Facebook, I think under Andy Rooney, exact digital, something like you'll find me. It, it, yeah. It's hard to not miss it. And then I do have an Andy Rooney Midwest talent um, Instagram. Guys, don't even think about submitting to him unless you have it completely together. Do not submit. Once you submit, you can't resubmit. So- You gotta wait like six months. Do not, do not send to him. And also, I mean, if I don't reply, I have a folder that I just put people into. And when I get around to looking for new people to fit into where I need them to fit, then I go and I look in my folder and I, and I revisit those things or if somebody resubmits in four to six months 
then I it pops back up in my yeah, or or you get you know, a referral. I mean, I think yeah, referrals and that sort of thing. But I, I save everything into a folder. Uh, I I don't answer them all. I get hundreds of them a week. I I apologize to anybody that submits to me over and over again. Thank you very much. I do have your your submission. If it's somebody I can fit into my roster, because at this point I'm really trying to fine tune my roster and and make it a special roster, let's just put it that way, then, uh, you know, it is what it is. I have it in my folder. If you end up being that special person that I think could fit and you're still available when I hit you up, then awesome. You know, I look for different things. You know, it could be anything I'm looking for. And, And I look, you know, so there you go. Thank you. Thank you. I love you so much. Thank you. All right. Love you too. See ya. so excited season one episode 13 first season of actors you are enough so good make sure you go over and follow me on instagram and send me a message i can give you a promo code to the udemy course and you can get a free week on the actorstoolbox.net and keep in touch because i am starting a private exclusive club just for actors called actor.club only actors from all over the world i'm going to be teaching four classes on there there's going to be chat rooms and the entire actors toolbox will be on there i will be having guests it's going to be amazing private membership club if you need to get in touch with me you can email me at the linden technique at gmail.com i'll see you guys soon